the better question rather is what does the world need me most to do right now and why hey yo everybody welcome back to letting it all hang out it's Haley Kalani and this podcast was created to bring together a community of badass individuals that make me want to get out and live life to the fullest and today's fabulous guest is Brendan Kumarasamy. He is the founder of Master Talk, a YouTube channel he started in order to help the world master the art of public speaking and communication. He coaches purpose-driven entrepreneurs on how to master their message and share their ideas with the world. What is good, Brendan? How are you? Life is great, Haley. Can't complain. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. Had a slow morning, you know, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. One thing that I have been dying to ask you, like ever since we first linked up just on social media, I was doing perusing, a little bit of internet stalking in like not a creepy way. And you're on this really badass mission to help purpose-driven humans, you know, master that art of communicating effectively so that they can start to rally other people to join that purpose that they have that passion that fuels them inside and so I've been so curious ever since learning that like what what inspired you to teach people these skills in the first place where did that all start yeah absolutely so the story begins in university Haley I used to do these things called case competitions think of it like professional sports but for nerds so other guys my age were playing football or soccer or rugby or something too scared to do that. I'll probably break my leg or something if I tried any of that stuff. So it wasn't really for me. But I still had that same competitive spirit. And oddly enough, I applied it to presentations. So for three years, I presented hundreds of times and coached dozens of people on their communication skills. And once again, it wasn't to start a movement or anything. It was just, well, people need a speech coach and we couldn't afford one at the university. So I said, hey, let me start coaching these people. I have some expertise in this. I wasn't very good at the beginning. Then over time, I got okay. So then when I got a job in corporate America, and I, you know, I, was, I, got, I started getting some more success in my life, I just asked myself a simple question. How do I make a difference in the world? How do I contribute more to society? And that's when I realized that a lot of the communication information that was available for free was really bad, especially on YouTube. You know, you hear advice like, oh, Haley, you should like be yourself and like get up on stage. I'm just like, what are you supposed to do with this nonsense? (laughs) So I started making videos in my mother's basement and the rest was history. Wow. So you started, you just started making videos in your mom's basement. What age was that? I started at 22. I'm 24 now. 22 and you're 24 now. Okay. That is super, first of all, kudos. Amazing. Round of applause. That's so (laughs) badass. But also... It makes me think because I think so many people have that passion and that drive sort of similar to you have and I have and other people, you know, it's all inside of us, even if we haven't found it yet. But the people who do and they know it and they know they should follow it, but are like, it's such a long journey ahead or like, oh, I've never really done it before or, you know, I don't have a lot of experience that your story right there was like, you don't need a whole bunch of corporate experience or you don't need a whole bunch of like uh, to be on the news before you can try and go make an impact (laughs) you can just start now and then eventually you'll get there and for you to be doing that in such a short amount of time is amazing too and I realize that you know not everybody's story is going to be the same not everybody's timeline is going to be the same but how do we take those steps 
really the confidence to say, you know what, I'm just going to dive in and see what happens regardless, because that's where my heart's at. Absolutely. It's a great question. The, the way I think about it is what does an expert actually mean? Like, what does being an expert mean? You know, society tells us you need a PhD. You need a degree. You need something like the going on the news to give you credibility. I disagree with that, as you probably guessed. For me, being an expert simply means that you're one chapter ahead of the next person that you're coaching or helping. So if you know something just a bit more than somebody else, you have the obligation to coach the people behind you, not in front of you. So in the same way, if I wanted to start a podcast, I would ask you, sure, are you the number one podcast in the world of all time? No, but you don't need to be. There's a lot of great insights you have. You know how to drive conversation. There's things I can learn. Same thing with you to me with communication or something else. There's always somebody better than us. And there's always somebody who needs us. So as long as you have that definition of mind, you're able to get that result. You're knowledgeable to an extent that you can help somebody else. For me, that makes you perfectly qualified to do it. As long as you do it in the right way. That's all. That's one part of it. Second part is how do you take action on that? For me, it's, it's this question. For those of you who know what the passion is, if you don't know what the passion, I have different advice if you want to hear that. But for the people who know what that is, the question is very simple. The question is, who suffers from your inability to take action every single day? If you're very clear on who suffers when you don't take action, you're going to take action. So in my case, actually, let's go with most people. Most people, option A is they do the thing YouTube channel, recipe, anything. Option B is watching Netflix. But for me, option A is do the thing, or option B is watch millions of people suffer around the world. What do I mean by that? Let's say Julia is 16 years old, right? She's in a high school. She's super talented. She's going to be exactly what she wants to do in life. But she's scared of public speaking. So to fix this issue, she goes on YouTube, she types towards public speaking tips, and what does she find? She finds a bunch of old white dudes in their 70s who don't know anything about communication. So she can't relate to those people. So if I don't make these videos for her, nobody else in the world will, because nobody else is this age with this level of experience in communication. So I had to make a choice. In the same way, by the way, a lot of great speakers like Brene Brown, who's, who you're probably familiar with, expert in vulnerability, tens of millions of views in her TED Talk, she's public about the fact that she hates public speaking. Like she says it in the TED Talk. She goes, yeah, I don't, I don't really like public speaking. And the reason she does it is to impact the people who can't read her books, who can't read her research papers, who don't understand them, like me. And that's the point that we need to drive. Once we're clear on the person that we're serving, we know who we're doing it for, and we know who that person is in real life, we'll always take action. Wow, that is some really powerful advice. And I, I've, we put so much emphasis on like the why too. And I love that you're sort of pivoting that and saying, yes, it's about the why, but who's suffering if you choose not to pursue this thing? And that is really powerful because it's like, well, a lot of times we feel more driven to do something nice for somebody else and help somebody else rather than help ourselves. It's like you have to love yourself first before you love other people, but you're going out and you're trying to love other people and it's just not working out. I mean, you said something earlier about, okay, if you know your purpose, here's my advice for you. But what also really intrigued me is if you 
don't know your purpose sort of different advice because I have spoken to so many people and, and friends and family who are like, I want to do more. I just don't know what that want is. Absolutely. I'm happy to talk about that. So for those of you who don't know what the passion is, which is normal, it's probably 95% of people listening. My advice is very different. The advice is don't focus on finding a passion. They're general. They're vague. I would even argue they're useless. You could be passionate about anything, Haley. Your dog. You probably don't have a dog. Maybe you do. Your, your plants. Oh, you do. There you go. So it's just a <laughs> clean guess there. You know, your house, your family. You can be passionate about a lot of things, but you can't build a meaningful contribution out of those passions, something that adds value to somebody else. And that's why we get confused. So instead, the recommendation, I'm happy to use myself here as a case study, as an example, I mean, is decisions are way more important than passions. Decisions are specific. They're actionable. There's only a certain amount of moves that you can make with the time that you have here. So you need to make a move on the board. Because if you don't make one, you go nowhere. Now, give you the example with me. And this is the question, by the way, I want you to all reflect on. Not what are you passionate about? You probably won't find an answer to this question. The better answer, the better question, rather, is what does the world need me most to do right now and why? And there's three moments in my life where I asked that question. One, when I was 12. The career advisor came up to us and said, you got to figure out what you want to do in life. And I just said, uh, well, all the other 12-year-old kids were like, well, I don't care. And I was sitting there like, I care because my parents are minimum wage workers in factories. I should probably figure out what to do with my life so they don't have to work as hard as they are, as they do. So I looked at everything and I just asked myself the question, what does the world be most to do right now and why? The answer wasn't to be a YouTuber, that that was for rich people. The answer was to get a job in the corporate world. If I'm making six figures, that's it. Like, I'll be fine. Right? It wasn't about changing the world. It was about making money so I don't die. Right? So for me, it was like, okay, I'm good at math. Let's be an accountant. So I spent the next decade of my life studying, getting really good, being a book nerd, got really good grades at school. Then I got to university. I landed my accounting job, and I made it. But then I asked the question a second time. What does the world need you most to do right now and why? That's when they had the idea of changing career paths from accounting to consulting, where you're solving problems for people. Because I started doing those bizarre competitions I was talking about earlier, where I was presenting. And I, for some reason, I was obsessed with them. The same way people like sports or arts or dance. For me, it was just, it, this just was my thing. So I did that a lot. And I said, why, why can't I do this as a career? Once again, I just want to point out for the audience, nothing innovative here. Nothing special. I still don't have a passion. I'm just like, yeah, I just like doing cases. But here's the punchline. I got the job at IBM, got the job in consulting, made my six. And then at the end of the year, the end of my degree, I asked the question again, what does the world need me most to do right now and why? And then I realized because of all of the decisions I made throughout my life that I was the youngest professional speech coach in the world. Because I started coaching C-level executives, for those know, like CEOs, when I was 23. Because I got all that experience of coaching all these students that got really good. And then when I went on YouTube and I realized everything else sucked, that's when I became a YouTuber. But here's the point I really want to drive. If I never made the decision to be an accountant, it never would have led to case competitions, which wouldn't have led to consulting, which means 
I wouldn't even have the expertise to even be on the show today and talk to you. That's the advice I want to give people is focus on decisions, not passions. Yeah. Oh, that's such good advice. And that, that question, what does the world need me most to do right now is really powerful. Match with the decisions, obviously, because you're so right. Like we can have all this motivation in the world, but if we don't decide to do something with it, it's like reading a bunch of books and then just sitting with the knowledge and not doing anything with it. And so I totally agree with you on that. And I think it takes a pretty big level of confidence, which might be something that people have to learn to actually make those decisions and be confident in those decisions. And I know that confidence is something that you speak about frequently. And it's something that I have had to work on for the past several years of my life, my whole life, really to get to the point where I am today. And I think that there's always room for improvement, but for somebody, you know, let's just say the average Joe, who's like pretty you know, confident in themselves day to day, but getting on stage or making those really intense decisions are scary. What, what would you say to them? Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you my number one tip. Okay, it's more life yeah. advice than public speaking, but it, it's the habit that nobody talks about on shows that I'm always wondering why that really made a difference in my life. It led to, to the relative success I have for my age. The difference between me and everyone else, Haley, it's not that I'm more smarter, not that I have more money or that, you know, I read more books. It's the fact that I asked more questions. Mm-hmm. A lot of people focus on yoga, meditation, eating the right food, all that stuff's great, but that's a bonus. The real thing you need to do is every single day, Ask yourself a hard question about life. Let me get you started. What are you pretending not to know? If you had all the money in the world, how would you spend your time? And if you died tomorrow, what would your funeral speech say about you? These are difficult questions. And as Tony Robbins puts it best, the quality of your life is solely determined by the quality of the questions that you dare to ask yourself about life. So when you ask yourself these hard things, you wake up one morning, you spend 15 minutes reflecting, you go, what am I pretending not to know? Or what is the truth that I believe in that most people disagree on? Like what's something I think is true that most people think isn't? These are the types of questions that allow you to figure out the following conclusions. I'll give you kind of the takeaway. The takeaway is you realize every rule doesn't make sense. Who, who, t- who said, like, who created the rule that you needed to get married, have two and a half kids, not two, two and a half, have a white picket fence, two cars in the driveway, not because if you only have one Haley and the car leaves and somebody looks at your house, they're going to say, oh, these people don't own a car. So you got to make sure you got two at all times. Like who, who created this shit? Yeah. And, and then once you realize that everything doesn't make sense, like we're saving up to retirement at 65. But Steve Jobs, who was a multi-billionaire and had access to the best doctors in the world, died at 56. Kobe Bryant died at 41. Chadwick Boseman, who was the actor in Black Panther, died at 43. That's, that's the questions that allow you to figure out who you are. And then through those questions, you start to realize that you don't actually have that much time to begin with. So that way you quickly believe, you quickly build a belief system and what you want to stand for and who you want to be and how you want to add value into the world. And it's that belief system that gives you confidence in anything and especially presentations. 
Yeah. It's like getting really fucking uncomfortable before you can start to build that confidence. It's tearing a lot of stuff down and searching for answers or just even clues to get to where you want to be. And that gives you that confidence. I love that. Switching gears a little bit, because as you're talking and I, I was thinking also about, you know, this conversation, I think is really crucial for, yeah, entrepreneurs and coaches and stuff. But also what made me think of, you know, people in a nine to five students, how can they really benefit from not only this confidence and communication skills, but really this, the, the whole umbrella of what public speaking and communication is all about? How does that benefit us in just everyday life? Absolutely. So the way I've always seen it, Haley, is that public speaking and communications isn't just about presentations. It's not about presenting in front of 10,000 people or being on camera or any of that stuff, but rather every interaction you have with everyone else around you. Once we realize that the quality of our life, not just our presentations, will improve, that's when we start to practice it. Because public speaking is the tough conversation that you have with your family over dinner. It's the great conversations you have with your best friends. It's the way you talk to the mailman, to the person you meet at a park. And once we are able to master each of those interactions, that's when our life gets better too. So that's why I always encourage people, especially who are new to public speaking, who are scared, who are nervous, to just start off with a simple question. And that question is, how would the world be different if you were an exceptional communicator, if you were one of the best out there at communication, how would the world be different? How would the world change? And if you can answer that question for yourself, I think you'll be a lot more incentivized to master this skill. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This makes me think of so many different things. First thing I thought of is with communication, let's just back up and break down. Like, What does that even mean? Communication for people, whether it's with which will lead into sort of this next question, which is communication with ourself and communication with other people. Right. I think an easy way of thinking about communication, it's the way that we interface, the way that we interact with everyone else around us. So whether it's a conversation, whether it's a presentation, whether it's really anything else from a podcast to a video, we're showcasing who we are to other people whether it's to add value, whether it's to give people space, because listening is equally communication, right? So that way, it's, it's kind of vague, if I'm being honest. But I would say the general premise is it give, communication gives you an opportunity to understand somebody else's perspective and add to it. So if you're if you're in a if you're in a boardroom in, a, in an executive boardroom meeting, well, that, that's going to manifest differently to if you're with your partner, to if you're interacting with kids, to if you're interacting with other people around the street. And the better you learn to use communication as a tool to interface and talk to all these different kinds of people, that's when you're going to get the richness of life because you're going to be able to talk to people you you have nothing in common with. And I think that's the beauty of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, being able to best communicate in all aspects of your life and enriching those relationships and conversations, as you said. It's, a, it's almost a sharing of thoughts, ideas, emotions, whatever it may be, just a sharing of, of two things. One thing that strikes me is, for, so for me personally, I was always really afraid of public speaking. Like, public speaking equals stage right to me. I think the closest I've ever come to really 
speaking was, uh, I think maybe a month or two ago, I did an online presentation for like 15 people. And it was really scary at first. Got into it, thought it was a great presentation. I'm sure I could have done better. But for people who listen to your story, like you started at a pretty young age presenting, doing those competitions and working towards it for a couple of years. Like, yes, your success for as of right now has happened pretty recently within the two years, but leading up to it, it's been sort of a long game. And so for somebody who's like, ah, you're just born with it. How do I do that? How could I possibly do that and get over that hurdle? Yeah, absolutely. So, so a couple of things. The first one is I get it. You know, I'm probably the number one example here and I'll explain why. I grew up in a city called Montreal and in that city, you need to know how to speak French. It's a required language there. And I didn't know how to speak French. So my parents looked at me and they said, hey, buddy, you got to learn this. So I'm going to send you to a French education system. So of course, super grateful for that today. I can speak multiple languages now, but the process wasn't so fun. Imagine being in a room and being uncomfortable with presentations, but having the added challenge of presenting in a language you don't know. Yeah. So when I was in grade one or grade two as a seven-year-old. I just look at the crowd and go, uh, sure. <laughs> so, so let's just say public speaking wasn't, uh, wasn't the funnest thing I would do uh, with, in, my, in my childhood days. But, but I think the, the lesson that I want to give people, and that's the passion, why I'm so passionate about this, Public speaking is not something you're born with. It's like if I told you, uh, oh, yeah, Haley, leaders are born. That doesn't make any sense. Like, leaders are created through a series of experiences in our life. You know, the challenges, the hurdles that we have. And, you know, I've had a lot of those in, in, in my university days when I was running the, the, that weird, bizarre presentation program. I was managing a group of 50 people. That's how I learned to be a leader. Not because I, I, I just kind of jumped out there into the world and said, yeah, I'm a leader. No. Yeah. I, I've always believed public speaking works in that same way. Because I only got really good at communication probably five, six years ago. And I still have a long way to go. Right? Even though I'm still getting better at this, absolutely. Especially in different mediums like podcasting. But everyone's got their journey. It's just about figuring out, much like leadership, what's the right framework. It's just the difference between leadership and public speaking as a leadership, it's obvious when you tell people, you're like, yeah, I, gotta, I just got to experience more. I got to do things. But we're not applying that same logic to presentations. Mm -hmm. You know, we're saying, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Speakers are bored with this. No, they're not. You just got to put in that effort, that time. And also understand why we're so scared to begin with. I mean, it's, it's like if I told you this, Haley, if I told you you need to learn a new skill, and every time you presented that new skill was mandatory because that's how we're taught to believe public speaking is. Would you have fun with it? No. Like, I don't know a single person besides me who wakes up every morning and goes, hey, Haley, you want to get breakfast and present all day? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I know anyone who does that. So when we start to change the perception that we have of public speaking from a fear-mongering thing to something that makes us go, ugh, to a way to make a difference in the world, to share a message, even if it's just with one person, that's when we start to really make this work for us. Mm -hmm. I love how closely tied 
it is with leadership. Communication is a huge part of leadership and we can be the leaders of our own lives and we can lead other people in our personal life, like friends and family and all of these stuff. I touched on this earlier, but communication with ourselves. How do we communicate to ourselves in the best way to then start to become those leaders who can influence their friends in a positive way, their coworkers in a positive way, the world in a positive way? Absolutely. What I've always believed, Haley, is reflection is the key to everything. I think too many people spend too much time absorbing information, but not enough time taking it in. So I'll give you an example. I mentioned a lot of questions today, right? What are you pretending not to know? If you had all the money in the world, how would you spend your time? So some people, the keeners, are writing down the questions, but they're not answering them. Right? They're going to write it on a notepad or something. You know, leave it for later, but they'll never spend 50 minutes, sit down and start asking themselves these questions. The reason that's important to do with yourself is because it's that reflection that will improve your communication with yourself. And then over time, as you get more and more smaller wins and you're taking notes on your thoughts over time, that's why I'm a big fan of journaling in a way that you're comfortable with. You don't need to do it every day, just whenever you have a cool insight. That's what I do then you get really good with communicating with yourself and then to the world. So it's kind of a general framework and how you can think about it is how do we reflect more internally so that we can share more of what we do know to that, to that world. And, and one easy one I can give people that's kind of unrelated to public speaking that I think nobody does. And that's super helpful as well is start by making a list of all the things that make you happy. The reason I think that's so like simple yet nobody does it is because everyone is supposed to have a unique list, but no one spends five minutes thinking about there. So I'll give you mine just as an example. What brings me joy? Clubbing? I dance alone in my basement. I karaoke in eight different languages. I yell at my friends at dinner, especially when it bothers other people at a restaurant. Like these things that bring me joy don't bring joy to other people. Like an introvert who's listening to this is like, well, I don't want to karaoke. I don't want to go clubbing for eight hours. It's just, it's just so weird. Like, why would, I, why would I do that? But that's the point. Where's your list? Where's your list? Like, clearly, you're right. I mean, everyone's got a different list. So why, haven't, why hasn't anyone who's listening spent 10 minutes writing theirs? Mm-hmm. And that's the issue we come into, is when we don't reflect, we start to use other people's lists. And that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Not just for our mental health, but for the goals that we want out of life. Like for me, don't you find it bizarre, by the way, that I started a YouTube channel on public speaking out of all things? Yeah, it's not common. It's not common. I think I'm the only person. But that's the point I want to draw. I want everyone to get to that place. But for everyone else, it's going to manifest differently. It, it might be just a kind of ra- like random example. You know, Sandra's a bank executive at a company, but she just loves cupcakes. She's tried every cupcake in her town. She knows she has the best cupcakes. She knows she can bake some. She wants to bake them, but she doesn't want to. Why? Because she's doing so well at the bank. Why bother risking that? Whereas I think what I'm really trying to communicate here is the more you start to reflect, not only does it improve the communication you have with yourself, but allows you to focus on the goals you actually want to focus on. Hey, mom, I want to start a YouTube channel, public speaking. She's like, what? And that's what I want everyone to get to. your own version of whatever that is. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, that's a, such a good exercise. Yeah. Everybody listening, I usually, so I'll have an activity for everybody to do at the end of the podcast. And that's going to be that because I think it's so important. I'm going to do it for sure. A happiness list. You know, it doesn't have to be super long. You can always add to it. Just keep it with you on your phone, in a notebook, on your computer, wherever. It really puts a good perspective uh, on life and your future communications with people. You started touching on introvert and extrovert, which I find so fascinating. I just find people's personality so interesting. I am more of an introvert. People ask me, am I an extrovert? I love communicating with people, but the way that I believe um, – this was just the first time I heard it was Simon Sinek was talking about introvert versus extrovert and how introvert is more like you start out with a bunch of coins when you first wake up and then every interaction that you have, you're starting to give away your coins. And so at the end you feel drained vice versa for extroverted people. They start out with no coins. They gather them throughout the day with every interaction. I thought that was such a beautiful explanation of introvert versus extrovert. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you've definitely talked about introvert versus extrovert and like how it doesn't really matter if you're labeled one or the other. You can have qualities of both and you don't have to limit yourself because maybe you think, well, I'm introverted, so I can't do X or oh, I'm extroverted, so I should be perceived as Y. What are your thoughts? Uh, you know, that's so woo-woo, honestly, Haley, in the <laughs> sense that I was literally thinking of that exact same video. And that exact same example, you know, Simon talks a lot about how when he's at a party, to build on your point, that, that he, he's the guy who's making the barbecue, right? He's the guy who's the chef because he doesn't want to interact with other people. So, so I, I think the, the building block to this, to build on your excellent point there, is this idea as Simon Sinek, who's one of the top speakers in the world, has proven, you don't need to be an extrovert or an introvert or really anything to be successful. You just need to understand how you're playing what you, you have and how you interact with other people and use those skills. So one example I can give, since experts already know that they're kind of good speakers or at least they're loud and they'll, they'll, they'll take the risk that they need to succeed. Let's focus more on the introversion. A lot of introverts don't know is the key advantages and strengths that they have as introverts. There's a couple, and I have a whole video about this, but I'm happy to summarize. The first one is, pausing and silencing pauses is the foundation of public speaking communication and it's also something extroverts like me have a lot of trouble with so let's say i'm at an event and we're talking let's say and there's a space i immediately want to fill the space mm. i just can't i can't live in that silence it just drives me crazy because i'm always talking to, uh, that's why i make a good guest i guess because i'm always r rambling all the time that's one part of it but the other side of it is for an introvert Pausing is super easy to coach. Like, it's so easy. Whenever I talk to an intro and I coach them on this, it takes them 10 minutes to start pausing for like 5, 10 seconds in a speech. It's super easy for them because they're comfortable in that because they spend a lot more time in social interaction, speaking less, listening more, which brings me to point number two. They're better listeners. If I'm talking all the time, Haley, how am I supposed to figure out what the other person actually wants and how I'm supposed to tailor my message to them? So listening was something I struggled with for a long time. And I have techniques we can talk about to fix this, but it took me a long time. I struggled with it. Whereas introverts, super easy. You know, they spend most of the time listening anyways. So for them, knowing and having that knowledge to tailor their presentations is just much easier for them. The third one that not many people know is introverts are a lot less polarizing as speakers. What does that mean? It means they'll appeal to a wider group of people. I'll give you the best example. The good old Gary Vaynerchuk versus Seth Godin. 
So they're both marketers. They're both marketing speakers. When you think about Gary Vee, you either really, really like the guy, like me, or you really don't. You either go, wow, Gary Vee changed my life, and I'm definitely one of those people. But the other side is, this guy's annoying. He's obnoxious. I don't like him. But nobody says that about Seth Godin. Nobody goes up to, nobody says in a blog, I hate Seth Godin. I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Brene Brown or Susan Cain, who's the author of the book, The Power of it, uh, Silent, I mean. Uh, I forgot. No, sorry, Quiet, excuse me. But yeah, exactly. The, the difference, all these speakers are introvert speakers. Nobody says anything bad about them. Simon Sinek, too. I don't see anyone yelling at Simon. That's the point I want to drive. There's so many advantages that introverts have as speakers. And there's so many successful ones that we need to understand the following, as you summarized very well. It's not about who you are, but rather understanding who you are and your willingness to learn from the other. If you're an introvert, are you willing to take the extra risk? Are you willing to be a bit more loud? Are you willing to share your voice? And if you're an extrovert, are you willing to listen a bit more? Are you willing to can it so you can actually tailor your presentation what the other person is saying? Are you willing to be a bit less polarizing so you could attract a wider group and share your message with millions of people? Mm. Oh, what a beautiful bow to put on that because right in the beginning we were sort of talking about being a learner. I assuming that identity of I'm always have to ask questions, be a curious person, very childlike in a way of I wonder what is out there and what information I can gather along my journey. And that will increase that confidence and push us to do the things that we actually need to do. So you, I mean, okay, before I ask this question, I just want to commend you. You've given so much like exercises, questions you ask yourself, you know, that happiness list, a lot of valuable pieces of advice already. But what is, as a parting question, one thing that you would in general like people to know? Doesn't necessarily have to be about speaking, but whatever you feel called to tell people. Absolutely. I always like to end with a book recommend and life advice. Mm-hmm. So the book recommend is for those of you who are interested in public speaking communication, you want to learn more. Thirst by Scott Harrison is by far the best book I've read on the subject because it's a guy who actually applied communication and made a massive change in the world. He's the CEO of Charity Water. He's raised hundreds of millions of dollars for charity. I think Scott's a savant in storytelling. I think he's worth following and checking out. Life advice. For those of you who made it to the end. There's one thing I want to leave you all with. It's the following. Be insane or be the same. If you want to be like everyone else, that's totally fine. But if you want to make a difference in the world, you want to do great things in life, the only path forward is the path of being crazy. Once again, don't you find it odd that a 22-year-old kid started a YouTube channel on public speaking in his mother's basement? Coaches exist executives today has a very successful practice but at the same time is literally talking to you on a mattress he sleeps on he still lives in his basement <laughs> he still dances alone in that basement for an hour a day so karaoke is in eight different languages doesn't own a car and better loves justin bieber Ooh. how does any of this make any sense at all and that my friends is the point when every decision in your life makes sense to the only person that matters, which is you, Mm. you'll probably be very successful in life. So be insane or be the same.
Oof, just wanted to let that that point just sink in real quick before we end that. That was so good. Thank you for that. Um, I think I even I just needed to hear that. And anybody, it's just it's just a good rem- reminder, right? Like, be fully yourself because we're all weird. Like behind closed doors, no matter the the people who have the ties on and those nice pleated skirts and dresses, whatever, they're weird behind closed doors. Right. everybody's insane so just let it out and be yourself and if it makes sense that's the thing i loved about it if it makes sense to you that is the only thing that matters it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else as long as it makes sense to you so thank you so much uh where can people find you and connect with you and get help if they need it of course Haley. best way to get in touch is definitely the youtube channel all you got to do is type master talk in one word and you'll find me right there beautiful Thank you so much, Brendan. I really appreciate it. And we will stay in touch and connected. And this won't be our last conversation. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Letting It All Hang Out. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed it and learned a thing or two. And as always, I know I did. I'd love to hear your thoughts and start a conversation with you. So feel free to send me a voice message right here on Anchor. Or you can send me a message on any of my social media platforms at Haley Kalani. That's H-A-Y-L-E-E-K-A-L-A-N-I. Much love to you all. Until next time, stay well.